Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. So lying underneath those stormy skies. What is up, Cody Redfield? Just me. What is up, Josh Needle? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. You're not here because you're in jail again. Turns out, yeah. Cody, we learned through Josh, not paying your taxes, bad idea. Heavily illegal. Bad idea. Not encouraged. Unless you're too smart, in which you don't pay taxes, and then nobody cares, and then you get be- to be president, because everything's terrible. All right, all right, all right. <sighs> Senator Bernie Sanders, back in the game. Bad idea. Amy Klobuchar, joining the game. Beto O'Rourke. Joe Biden. TBD. Should I say TBA? Because they're probably going to run. I don't know. I think there's a chance that Biden says no and doesn't run. I don't think he should run. I don't either. I don't think Bernie should run. I don't either. I think Hillary should run. I hope she doesn't. be funny, though. Um, but outside of that, we've, we've talked primaries, and I'm sure we'll... At least I'll be yammering about it more as time goes on. We see debates and primaries and caucuses and shit like that. But we're here today, just a few short days before the Academy Awards are finally unveiled. And what's been a very weird and unpredictable year, I don't know if you've been following very closely, but there, you know how like usually we know pretty much who Best Supporting Actor is going to be and how, you know, Best Supporting Actors and Best Picture usually seems like there's a front runner. Uh-huh, not this year. This isn't one of those years. I think pretty much everything is up for grabs. Rami Malek seems like he's the closest to a sure thing with that terrible Queen movie that will not go mentioned. Mm-hmm. And other than that, it's kind of a crapshoot. We, it's, it's, nobody really knows what to think, and it's gonna be a weird show. <laughs> and a lot of, it could go a lot of different ways, let's just say. But, um, I'm excited to see where the chips fall. No host, cinematography and editing, and the other two that I don't care as much about are going to be included in the telecast after the Academy decided not to play those, or not to present those during the actual show, which people did not like. And, yeah. Are you excited? You looking forward to the Oscars? I guess so. You going to watch? Yeah. And by watch, I mean you're going to hang out on your couch, kind of mess around your phone and then watch when people are announced like when people win right yes let's pause go ahead so uh, other than oscar news let's just take a look around let's take a look around the world see what there is to see since we last spoke there has been no new batman news uh, we still know that Affleck is done. We still know that they're looking for the new guy. Reports here and there have come out saying, hey, it's going to be this guy. Like we heard Robert Pattinson and today Army Hammer was the big name everyone was talking about. Oh, for Batman? Yes, for Batman. Okay. Nothing has turned out to be true, to be confirmed. Uh, 
scoopers, if you will, have sort of hinted at this week being a pretty big week when it comes to Batman stuff, so we may know sooner than we think. Um, but still quiet on the Batman front. Elsewhere, a Fantastic Beast 3 has been delayed uh, to an undetermined uh, release date. It was supposed to, these are supposed to be coming out every two years in November, and this most recent one, pro- due in large part to the reception of the last one, they want to give this one a little bit more time, give JKR <laughs> a little bit more time to not... To write a good movie this time? Write a better movie this time. I will take the high road there. Um, Fantastic Beasts 3, probably three years away. I would expect fall 2021 is most likely when we're going to see it. Maybe summer or spring if they really want to sort of push themselves. But um, is that a good sign? Is that a bad sign? Where do you, well, where do you read that? That they're pushing the movie back? Yeah. It was not a good sign. Okay. How would it be a good sign? That they're going to take their time with it. Sure. Sure. You don't sound very enthusiastic. I'm not very excited. Okay. I think Fantastic... I think Crimes of Going to Wall was a good movie. I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. So That's weird. You're the only one who did. I don't... I don't see how that's possible. I don't see why I'm such so deeply in the minority on this one. I think it's okay. It's a great uh, question. I don't know why either. Is it because A, I'm smarter than everybody, or B, I'm dumber than everybody, or C, banana? Oh, banana. Okay, fair. I can live with that. I can live with that. Uh, but what has replaced it in that November of 2020 category is a little movie called Dune. It is the follow-up to Blade Runner 2049 from Kino Supreme, Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> Kino Supreme. And the cast is nuts, and it's just been added to and added it's to. It's just getting nutsier, too. Like, Yeah. Uh, I'll read off the names we have so far. We have Jason Momoa from nothing, really. Pretty much a newcomer. Hasn't been in any major properties. Really, Jason, worth, oh, yeah. really worth talking about. Uh, Game of Thrones, obviously, is his big contribution. Definitely didn't play Aquaman in a terrible movie that's made a billion dollars because God is not real. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson from the Mission Impossible series and the F and, <laughs> and the musical of 2017 that will not be named. Ugh. Uh, Timothy Chalamet, Twink Supreme to go <laughs> from kind of everything in the last couple years, but most importantly, Interstellar. Josh Brolin. Oh, he was Interstellar. Yeah, he was the boy. He apparently cried when he found out that he wasn't in the movie much, but he kind of got over it because he's like, I got to work with Chris Nolan. That's pretty cool. Um, Josh Brolin, who I believe wasn't in anything last year. Definitely not. <laughs> not yeah. anything superhero related. Yeah, definitely not two things superhero related, that's for sure. Uh, Zendaya from Ugh. Spider-Man, whatever. Eh, she's okay. Uh, she's rumored at this point, but I think it's going to happen. Oscar Isaac. Dave Batista, Javier Bardem, none Skellen, of these people are famous. Skellen, Stellan Skarsgård, Charlotte Rampling, and I heard David Des, Deschain, Des, Despachin? I don't know. I don't know who that is. He played the Thomas Schiff in Dark Knight, and he was one of the guys in Ant Man. He was also in um, Prisoners. He played the Alex. No, did he play Alex? No, that was Paul Dano. He played somebody in Prisoners. He's a very. He's like a that guy, you know. Yeah. He's a that he's guy. The, he's like a Timothy, or what's his name? Fickner. William yeah. Fickner. Yeah. He's a that guy. Um, 
<coughs> and what is Dune, Cody? Dune's a book. What's it about? I don't know. I've never read it. Should I be excited about it? Sure. People love it. Okay. Why should I be excited about it? Because, you know, I don't know. Fair. It is Denny. I do know that it's, like, it's partly set, obviously the title, it's partly set in, like, a desert, which I'm not excited about, but, I don't know, with Denis shooting it, and, I don't know, he'll probably have, uh, Deacons on this one, I would imagine. You think? Yeah, wouldn't he? I don't know. Does he ever work with anybody else? I do not know. Well, that's weird. The movie doesn't have a Wikipedia page yet, which is very strange. Full cast and crew. I don't know, we don't... It doesn't say anything about... Oh no, Greg Frazier is the DOP. Who? Greg Frazier. Yeah, who's that? He shot... Uh, Vice. Which, that's eh, not bad. Uh, the it's Lion. not great, though. Lion. Ugh. Lion was... That actually had some pretty good cinematography. Yeah. Foxcatcher, uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Um, mm, that's kind of it. That sucks that Deacons isn't doing it. Sad. Oh, Rogue One also. That's Ooh, Rogue One is the prettiest Star Wars movie. That's true. Okay. Not a t- pretty good cinematographer. He's worked with some good people. And some yeah, he, interesting, diff- diverse All stuff. of those movies, like, weren't ugly. No, no. None of those movies were ugly. Let's try that again. <laughs> yes. Yes, I agree. Um, I, don't, I don't know much about the property. I've heard it's got a lot of, like, kings and, you know, political intrigue. Obviously, it's going to have action in it. And I don't know what to make of it, but with this cast alone and this director alone, I'm obviously in. And um, I'm looking forward to it. Are you? Yeah, sure. Cool. Also... Since our last chat, we have not heard any official word about the next Christopher Nolan movie. Still no grumblings or rumblings or nothing even close to confirmed, but it's dated for next summer, and I'd imagine it has to get in front of cameras probably this soon, spring, maybe a couple months, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so nervous. I, I, but I love, I love this in-between period of knowing that a Nolan movie's coming, but not knowing but who's not in knowing it. what it is. Who's in it? What, what if it's, it's like? What if it's just like Christopher Nolan spread ass in IMAX? <laughs> <laughs> the only action is him repositioning his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit! Is that a baby wipe? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that would be funny. But um, I don't. I, I I'm surprised that nothing's leaked because it seems just like everything leaks or is heavily rumored that you know ryan johnson today had to deal with a report some stupid report saying that he um was going to be doing his star wars trilogy was going to be g-rated and he's just like <laughs> come on seriously uh but nothing nolan related and i i like i said earlier i love this knowing that it's coming but not knowing what it is and then just yeah. at some point it's just going to be dropped on me like an anvil of boom it's this and i'm just going to pee myself what if it's a Cold War spy filler? Filler? Thriller. Filler. Uh, that'd be interesting. But I, I don't know. I'm not... Do you have, like, a favorite genre? Uh, not particularly. I do. Same here. I don't understand people that do. Like, 
I get like, oh, this is kind of my bread and butter. I get most excited for these movies, but like a favorite genre overall, like horror seems to be the only horror and action movies seem to be the only two I hear about a lot. But like, I don't know. It's just, it seems weird to me. Like you lim- like you're putting yourself in a box and it's like, I only get really excited for these kind of movies. More you know? Kino movies. That's true. That's true. Like superheroes too. Like I only get excited for superheroes. It's like, okay, cool. That's <laughs> good for you, I guess. Way to take a stand. That's so sad. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So Nolan, TBA, TBD, I should say. No, TBA. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure he knows what movies he's making. Probably. I hope so. Uh, also, quick trailer talk. Yesterday, did you see it? The new Danny Boyle picture? The no, I, I haven't seen that one yet. I saw f- about 30 seconds of it in two-second spurts, and it looks amazing. And I think it's going to be the Mamma Mia slash, I don't know. Is it like a sing-along movie? No, it's just it's just kind of like a fun little drama. Not really. Like a... I guess drama, comedy drama, dramedy of about a guy who, you know, gets into a bike accident and wakes up in a world where there's the Beatles don't exist. But he knows their songs and he kind of I think I guess he makes a career singing the Beatles (laughs) songs as if they're his. So, yeah, and then Paul McCartney's in it. Oh, is he? I don't know. That'd be funny if he was, though. It would be very funny if he was. But alas. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it looks, it's going to be great. It's going to be the good Bohemian Rhapsody of like, Oof. I know these songs and then just is a good movie outside of the songs. So stoked about that. What other movies has Danny Boyle made other than Steve Jobs? I mean, that's it. That's, that's the only one that matters. But like Train Wasn't Spotting. Wasn't he famous for something else? Like Train Spotting was big. Uh, the James Franco arm movie, 127 hours. Oh, big. he did that movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm excited. It's, I think like, I'll watch it. That's on like. That's kind of a movie I want to see without see, watching a trailer, though. Right. That's number three on my projected top ten, so. You think? What's your projected top ten look like? Um, let me find out for you real quick. I know my number one is Knives Out. <laughs> Just because, like, it's Knives Out. Come on. As soon as something was, it was described as an Ag- Agatha Christie murder mystery. I was just like, Ag- Ag- with Agatha Ryan Christie Johnson. inspired. With Daniel Craig. I was just like, wow, I'm in. Uh, my projected top ten is Knives Out, one, uh, number one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, number two, Yesterday, number three, Star Wars, number four, Irishman, number five, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, number six, Where'd You Go, Bernadette, number seven, Toy Story 4, number eight, Us, number nine, Ad Astra, number ten. And just what's, looking at it. What's that one that's at number nine? What's Ad Astra? Uh, no, Ad Astra's ten. That's the Brad Pitt space movie. Oh, James I didn't know Brad Pitt was making a... It's a Brad Pitt, James Gray space movie. Who's James Gray? Lost City of Z director. Oh, never saw that movie. No, really good. But this is like easily my most... I'm sure that eight or nine even maybe of these movies are going to be in my top ten. The only one wow. I'm questioning i'm not sure if where'd you go bernadette and us are going to be there but everything else i'm like pretty sure is going to be there oh v v excited for us yeah very stoked um but i do in what world could you be more excited about captain marvel than like once upon a time in hollywood or the irishman or knives out like i don't understand that i never will no i mean 
Not to let you people, specifically. Let, let people. people like what they like. But it's so silly. It's Knives yeah. Out. Yeah, listen, it's probably going to be good, but it's probably going to be. It's great. not everybody's movie. That's just that's just sad, Cody. That's just I know. Sad. That's just sad. Um, yeah. So what what were we talking about? Um, I forget. Nolan or something. But uh, Star Wars too. Episode nine wrapped without a title. I think we can just stop speculating, not we, but just the world can stop just yammering about a title. It sounds like it's going to come whenever it comes. So just relax. We're going to know what it's called. We're going to see mm-hmm. footage from it. Just chill. Um, and then Ryan Johnson also was dealing with a bunch of stupid rumors, one of which that he wasn't working on his trilogy, and the next one about how the trilogy was going to be G-rated and just stupid stuff like that. But nothing quite substantive. There's been reports of a bunch of Disney Plus series. I think today's was about Obi-Wan. There's going to be an Obi-Wan series. And then the other two were... I can't I can't remember. Do you care? Sure, I'll watch it. You're going to get... I'm not, I'm not going to buy the streaming service because of it. Okay. Like I said, Disney's never been my thing. Right. That's why I'm having such a hard time bringing myself to watch uh, that stupid fucking movie you guys keep asking me to watch. Just do it. I don't want to. Just do it. It's a good movie. Well, especially after that conversation in our group chat today. <laughs> I, we said it was one of the three masterpieces of the last whatever. Still, I don't yeah. want to watch it. Sad. I'm a boy. All right. Well, we got two more things to go. Two more quick news bites, things to update on. Didn't realize there's so much news stuff. Uh, Aaron Sorkin update. Yeah? How's he doing? He's keeps talking about reboots of West Wing in the newsroom, and I just think it's it must be graining on him so bad. But whatever. Um, <laughs> anyways, Seth Rogen and Joseph Gordon-Levitt are the latest ad additions to the uh, his cast for trial of the Chicago seven, which was put on hold and now is being fast tracked for uh summer start. So early summer start, it says, uh, I think that means it could be out this year. That would be a crazy production schedule, but uh, I don't know. I can imagine this isn't going to be the most impossible thing to put together, but maybe they want to fast track it so they can have it shot and in the editing room for next year or something like that but either okay. way i want do you know what the movie's about uh it's about the try it's about this trial about after the 1968 dnc i think uh where something happens and a bunch of guys go to trial i don't know anything about it more about it not out of ignorance after but out the of, 1968 dnc yeah what election was that that's uh kennedy was 60 johnson was six was 64. Uh, so it's the one after Johnson. It must have been Nixon. That is when Nixon won, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah, because that was Watergate, and then right after that was Carter, and then Reagan beat him, and yeah. The yeah. coolest president we've ever had. Carter? No, Reagan. Reagan was a bitch. I hate him. No, Reagan. he wasn't. Ronald you, just, a- you just hate him because... No, I hate him because he's a piece of shit. He's not a piece of shit. Trickle-down economics? What about it? It's terrible. It's fine in theory. It's a lie. It's fine in theory. 
Exactly, but it never works out the way they want us to. It's just a okay. Lie. Neither does most economic plans. Well, this one is especially stupid. Like the only super successful leaving. economic plan I can think that we've ever had was communism. <laughs> the New Deal. Yeah, we need another New Deal. Communism is a joke. You're a joke. Do we need a green New Deal? Yes. Trickle down economics is fucking stupid, and I don't care if anybody's upset by that. It's it is. It's fucking stupid. Just rich people wanting to keep their money, saying, "Oh, oh, well, well, it'll trickle down to you. Don't worry." Hmm. Guess what? Guess what happens, Cody? It does. It never trickles Not. down. Mm-hmm. It okay, let's move on. It's bullshit. I'm so, uh, I'm so sick of people bashing on Reagan for no reason. I'm glad he died. I'm glad he got shot. He didn't. He got shot. Die from that. He died eventually. Got him. Yeah, of Alzheimer's. Uh, last little bit of news update. Um, another franchise that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, James Bond. Bond. Has been pushed back. It's coming out April 4th, I believe, of 2020. Production has also been slid back four weeks because Scott Burns, who is got a, a hot title out of, or had a hot title, I should say, out of Sundance called The Report, a kind of political drama with Adam Driver in it. Uh, he's oh, yeah. been, com- he's been commissioned to do a final polish and rejigging of the screenplay. So basically he's in, I've heard that he's in London for four weeks and he's just going to be working on the script until they're ready to shoot. And then they're going to get in front of cameras and, you know, la-di-da, there we go, Bond. Apparently, uh, this is still Daniel Craig, right? This is this is Daniel Craig's last go, so this is the end of We his... sure? Because I thought the last one was going to be his last go. No, this, this one's it. He said that this one's it. And I think they're committing that this one's it. So, his 15-year run is Bond. It's got to be the longest in, like total years he obviously he's behind more in movies but in years this has to be look it up because more was a very long time more did like eight movies or something like that it was nuts um let's see so more start he jumped on in 1973 and he finished in 1983 Sean so Connery. Ten years. Sean Connery technically was at, did, played the role for twenty-one years, but Never Say Never Again is kind of not canon. So, but his, how many movies is it? Connery. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So six, not counting Never Never. never okay, never. so he has done the most. Well, Roger Moore has done the most. He's done oh, one, but, two, like the best three, ones, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably fair. Dalton did two, Brosnan did four, and then Craig is now doing five, starting in 06, ending in 2020. So that's 14 years playing the wow. Bond. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. He made so th- 14 years of, what, six movies to show for it? Five movies. That's not good. No, that's... I like it that they don't... Well, people... T- in theory, just to capitalize on money, Bond should be like a two every couple of years property with spinoffs and shit like that. But it's they keep it classy. They only do it every few years. Like Craig, he did he did one in 06 and then 08 right after, and then it was another it was a four year wait till Skyfall in 2012. Yeah, three years until Spectre in 15. Now it's going to be five years since Spectre. So yikes! But have they been working on it this whole time, or mm, kinda, kinda ish. 
Like there was a script that these the original two writers had, and then they that they didn't like or, or apparently preferred Danny Boyle for, but they couldn't make that work, so then they went back to that script, and now they're having Scott Burns rewrite that script. The the original Scott script. Burns? Who are these people? Scott Burns is a really good writer. He works with. What does he made? He works with Soderbergh a lot. Um, actually, it's Scott Z Burns, Cody. Sorry, I didn't mean to. What's his name? Scott Z Burns. Oh. Films. Uh, Born Ultimatum, The Informant, Contagion, Side Effects, The Mercy, The Report, The Laundromat, Bond 25 is his current thing. None of those are particularly good movies. But he's done a lot of ghostwriting, like uncredited rewrites on movies. Oh, can you name one? Well, no, because we don't know that he worked on them. Oh, then how do you know? That's kind of his his bit, is that he does uncredited rewrites. And they're usually, like, you know, under some sort of confidentiality agreement. Or he just doesn't get credit for him, but he gets paid. But, no, mm-hmm. he's got, but between side effects, Born Ultimatum is pretty good. But side effects, and then I assume the report and the laundromat are just going to be awesome. Um, just because I've heard reports are really good and Laundromat is, I just think is going to be good and I'm excited about it. I think he's, he's a good writer and, you know, I, I'm hoping, I'm trying to be optimistic with this one because the production of it's been quite a, uh, well, yeah, okay. because the last one wasn't very good. I mean, no, but okay. Okay. It was an okay, decent movie. It's a really good movie. Spectre? I liked it a lot. I thought it was, it, it ticked a lot of boxes for me. Hmm, that's weird. You're weird. Got him. Oh, you got me. I did, I did get you. Um, so, that's a real quick wraparound of everything happening in the news, uh, the last, since we were gone. We didn't record last time because I didn't have internet in my apartment for like two days, so, that just didn't work out. But, alas, we're back. And, as part of our main event, in honor of the Oscars, we're going to be counting down our top five favorite Best Picture winners. Uh, just a real quick um, disclaimer for my list. There's been... This is the 91st Oscars or something like that? Mm-hmm. What what number of Oscars is this? I think 91st is right. Is that Because I made a big deal last year. The 90th Academy Awards. You know what, Cody? You're, you and I are going to write Best Original Screenplay for the 100th Oscars. No. All right, let's do it. Mamma Mia 3. Back in action. It'll uh, win just like uh, Lord of the Rings did that in 2003. <laughs> it'll be, yeah, be the one they rewarded for. So, yeah, just okay. sweep it. Just kind of wreck house. Nice. Yeah, this is the 91st Academy Award. So, point of shame, I've only seen 24 of them. I know it's bad. I'm sad. I apologize, but I'm still working on watching movies, so just leave me alone. Uh, but I think my top five picks are really good picks in any, um, context, I guess. So, leave me alone. <laughs> uh, how many, uh, do you roughly have an idea of how many you've seen, Cody? Probably about ten, maybe fifteen. Nice. But I don't know. Why? I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. It's your game. Uh, Jenga. Uh. <laughs> so, uh, my honorable mentions for this one. Um, I'm gonna throw f- four at, uh, at you. Is that alright? 
throw four at your honorable mentions? Yeah. Okay. Okay. First one is American Beauty. Uh, it's icky now because of Kevin Spacey, obviously, <laughs> but, um, and I, and I, funny enough to Sam Mendez is the director, his bewilderment. He didn't understand why people loved it so much. He thought it was a pretty good movie, but it won best picture obviously. And was a big contender and I think got a couple acting nods, um, that for some reason we just freaked out about 1999 and you know, the answer to why, why that is will probably never be known. It was just one of those random things. But uh, I think I still think it's a pretty good movie. Uh, strong performances, clever writing, um, just overall pretty solid. Uh, other honorable mention is a classic, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest with Jack Nicholson. Uh, you ever seen this one? No, I have not. Very good one. Highly, highly, highly recommended. Uh, next honorable mention is last year's winner, The Shape of Water beautiful film also good i should have put that in mind we talked about it at length already uh when it came out so don't have much more to add but it definitely is um stuck with me hasn't resonated quite the way i'd like it to but i still think back fondly to when i watched it and then my number six is likely gonna trigger some people mm, you know what I'll, i'm gonna move my number si- my last up to my number five so my last hour mention is gonna be unforgiven the clint eastwood picture Never seen it. Solid Western. Eastwood is very good, as always. Um, Morgan Freeman is very good. In, um, and I just think it's a, it's a really good, it's a good Western. It's probably the last great Western. Um, 310 Doom was okay, and there's been a couple others that have been good to the film community, but the Western hasn't really blown up. Can't you make like an argument for Django Unchained? That's more of a southern. What? It, had, it takes place in the south. Like, it has some so? western tropes, but it's not, like, a true western, like, in locale. Um, and it, some people would say Logan is the last great western. I would say they need to watch <laughs> different movies. That's not a superhero movie. Not everything needs to be viewed through the lens of a comic book movie. Just saying. But Unforgiven is probably the last, like, great one that, you know, the world at large recognized and probably let Clint Eastwood's last great movie. Um, probably and, will trigger some yeah, people. Mystic River actually is really good. I like Mystic River a lot, so but Unforgiven's strong as well. Gene Hackman, can't forget him. Very good in Unforgiven. I kinda wanna even watch that at some point. Maybe you should. Maybe I should. Cool. What are your honorable mentions? I only have two because I didn't and you hate film. Take this list as seriously as you did. <laughs> um, this is in no particular order. My um, of these two, <laughs> of these two, this is in no particular order. Okay. Um, my number seven is Forrest Gump. Well, you just put it in order. Well, it's whatever. Fuck you. Okay. Um, <laughs> is Forrest Gump is. is it's Forrest Gump. There's literally nothing else to say to it. It's a great movie. Um, and then my number six is Slumdog Millionaire. But it beat Nolan Kino. It's a good movie. Is it, though? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's good. It's good. I actually haven't seen it, but it's a, that's a Danny Boyle picture, I think. You haven't seen Slumdog Millionaire? I haven't. 
V V good, my dude. V good. I know. V I, good. I know. I know that it's like about a guy who cheats on who who wants to be a millionaire, but that no, like, he doesn't cheat. They think he cheats, but it, like it doesn't. It's not all about that, is it? Or is it pretty much all about? No, that? it's it goes through this guy's life story basically. Okay. Dev Patel, the introduction yeah. to Dev Patel. God, your favorite actor. actor. I really do like him. Who do you? If you could cast a movie about your life, would you rather cast? <laughs> Dev Patel or Donald Gleason? Donald Gleason. Um, but if we're being honest, I think Ryan Johnson should be cast as me. I agree. He doesn't <laughs> look like you, but he embodies your soul. I think. You think so? Yeah. All right, that works for me. Cool. Uh, my number five, which was my honorable mention that I decided to move up just to trigger the libs, uh, <laughs> Forrest Gump. It's, oh. a good, it's a great movie. And it doesn't. Why would that triple, or triple, why would that trigger libs? Because it beat Pulp Fiction and Shawshank. And it's just the meme of, Ooh. oh, Forrest Gump is bad because it lost to these two. Or beat these. Well, it's a shit. great movie because like, it's a great movie though. Let's be serious. I know it is, but um, I enjoy it. I like the history aspect. I think it's very emotional. It's touching. It's you know. But can impressive. you agree? Okay. That Shawshank Redemption probably should have won. <sighs> I, th- I that goes back to has to go back to the definition of what you think best picture is. And I know it says best picture, so in theory it should be the best movie of a given year. But I think best picture should also be representative of culture, I guess, at that point. Because culture tell, culture kind of tells you and culture leans into the movies that get the most attention. It's through culture that superhero movies make so much. And it's through culture that, you know, Christopher Nolan can make a practically silent World War two movie with no nazis in it and still makes 500 million dollars okay you so didn't answer my question i'm doing my political answer of it well just so, answer the fucking so, question therefore i do think culture says we like what forrest gump has to say and we think it is the most you know wholehearted and all-encompassing kind of movie where shawshank is a lovely portrait of this you know those two men and the lives that they led and the choices they made and all that. But Forrest Gump is back. Okay. You are me. Just say no to me because it's encompassing of American culture and, you know, society and all that stuff. And that's it's sorry. Okay. Thank you. Shawshank. Shawshank is probably a better made movie. Sure. But I'll take Forrest Gump. They're both great movies. It's not mutually exclusive. You can say yes. But. And, like, not be mean about it. I'm not being mean about it. I'm not, I'm not being mean. I'm just giving my take. It's a hot okay, take. that was a really cucky answer, but. Thank you. What's your number five? My number five is Silence of the Lambs. Oh, nice. Should we talk about it or should we wait? We can talk about it. It was my number. It's number ten on my list. Uh, Silence of the Lambs is. I really love, like everybody else who's seen this movie, Anthony Hopkins' performance is incredible. And I mean, what's her face? Uh, Jodie Foster's not that bad either. 
But everybody who likes that movie likes it because of Hannibal Lecter and maybe because of the dancing scene where he touches his dick. Icky. Did you not love that scene? No. Oh, that's pretty gay, dude. Sorry. I didn't love it. Hmm. I saw it. Sounds like something a cuck would say, honestly. Fair. But what else did you like about it? Everything. I liked the story. What about the characters? I liked the characters. Ah, nice. I liked the cinematography. I liked the score. I liked the actors. I liked the story. I liked... What about the story? How it reflected the culture of America in the 1990s. All right, don't don't mock me. (laughs) Don't mock me. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I'm so funny. You fucking goon. Mad cause bad, my dude. Sad. The story, I like the twists and turns it makes. It makes sense. It's just a great movie, and if you haven't seen it, I highly suggest you go and see it. Highly. Highly. Nice. I, I rewatched that recently, and I loved everything about it, but Jodie Foster. I think she kind really? of... I think she's a little... Her acting is like over the top. Her accent isn't good. Well, what do you think, Doctor Lecter? The lambs were screaming. It's like, oh my god, come on! It's just, it's so like, imagine um, Kate Winslet in that role. She would been good. She would been really good. She would have played it a lot more straight and not so cheerleader like, and you know. Cheerleader, like I like that. Stupid. I don't know. It felt part parts of her performance felt like she was. I was watching a school play, and it was just, which is fine. But like you're going up against Hopkins, who's just bringing it. Yeah, that's she's kind of not. Like most, I don't think most people could have really held their own against him. I don't know. I just it didn't sit well with me this time. Like you know, Winslet or. Who were big names in the nineties, like maybe not Meg Meg Ryan would be an interesting turn. It would have been a very very interesting interesting turn. But no, I've I've never been a huge fan of Foster full stop, uh, you know, in the acting side of things. So maybe I'm just tainted there, but I don't know. I just I didn't think she met up to Hopkins. Well nobody like like I said, nobody would. Yeah, maybe not. I don't think anybody Maybe could have outdone that performance but it's your number five I think right? in that in that movie the most the closest person was uh the yeah buffalo bill yeah yeah he's good yeah he also was went hard he went real hard and he didn't look silly but she did for some reason spooky movie too very spooky uh that's your number five right yeah all right my number four is from a few years ago it's beat out one of my favorite films of all time in the sense that my fi- Steve Jobs didn't even get nominated that year, I don't think. <laughs> but it's, even then, if anything was going to win, I'm glad it was this one. Uh, Spotlight. That's a good movie. Love journalism movies, especially when they are <laughs> targeting a an establishment of some kind that I just don't care for. Uh, most of the time, it you know, history turns out that way, that 
you know, the reason that, you know, Democrats and their like don't get caught up in these big scandals is because they don't commit them. Whereas the Nixon White House and the Post or whatever, or the Catholic Church, a notoriously conservative entity does kind of tells you all, need, all you need to know about those kind of people. But the movie itself is fa- just fantastic. Um, it moves on a, at a brisk pace. Uh, the performances are all really, really good. Um, and it just, it, it's a movie that kind of hits you and over and over again. And it's with a black Klansman level of great and powerful and impactful credits. Um, mm-hmm. With just you seeing the sheer amount of places and people who've been implicated in this and how, you know, this, this story broke pretty much in the, you know, this particular story broke in the early 2000s. Like 9-11 played a bit, a bit of a part in it. But going back to the 90s, we've known that there's all these priests out there. And just, you know, a couple weeks ago, the archdiocese of somewhere, something or other was implicated. And they, they announced a bunch of cardinals that have done it. It's just, it's the, it's just the corrosive rotting of institutions that are supposed to be, you know, moral guider, moral lights, you know, to, to kind of set the behavior. And they're the ones who are not just doing bad behavior, but possibly the worst behavior you could ever commit. And it's just, it's mind boggling. And, um, the movie certainly lives up to that. And it, it tells you how, you know, that this story is far from its end. And who knows where that end is going to be, but. Um, this is definitely an important piece of it. And the only thing I can knock it, I guess, for is this visuals aren't that good. Um, comparing it to something like The Post or something like All the President's Men, two big journalism movies, the, it does look kind of bland, just the cinematography, the look of the movie, some shots could be better, but, um, mm-hmm. I don't mind too much because everything else is so top tier. But, uh, you like Spotlight, right? Yeah, it's fine movie. Nice. See, 2015. What, what was that other? What was that the year of? People thought The Revenant was going to win that oh, year. Yeah, I liked The Revenant. I thought it was okay. You just don't like the director. I th- so me thinking it's okay is like good, right? I guess. Um, that year, it beat. Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max, The Martian, Revenant, and Room. Mm. I do like the movie. Don't get me wrong. Steve Jobs did not get Best Adapted Screenplay. Ah! It would have been cool if Mad Max won that. Yeah, that was another one that people were psyched about. Like, ah, Mad Max should win. But no. You don't like that movie, right? I don't love it. I don't like it either. Yeah, so you hate it. Fair. I don't like it, no. Hmm. Sorry. Just I don't kidding. care. Don't apologize for anything. I didn't make the movie. Fair. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm not George Miller. Oh. Yikes. Uh, what's your number four? My number four is Rocky. Nice. I love this movie. Um, it's the best sports movie of all time, in my opinion. And I'm really happy it won Best Picture, so I could talk about it more. I've never, I think, I feel like I've said my piece on this movie. Oh, shoot. 
more than once. So go watch the Creed episodes. Yeah. Listen. Sure. You can do whatever. Watch with your ears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rocky, one of the most inspiring best picture stories. That's for sure. Just everything Stallone went through to get it made and all that. And well, very impressive. Haven't seen it in a long time, but you should. Very good. Give it another go. Okay. Uh, for my number three is a sequel. It's a sequel to a great movie. And it also just happens to be a great movie. Give me some Godfather Part 2 up in here. That also happens to be my number three. What, best friends? Yeah. Why is it your number three? Because it's an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. Um, technically, like it's just a good... Everybody knows The Godfather. Both of these Godfather movies are amazing. Yeah. Um, I'll defend the third one till the day I die. Oh, I never saw it. I think I think it's good. You really? Yeah. Why is it your number three? Uh, because it <laughs> it's it's number three because the veto in the past scenes exist, keeping it from being ah. number one. I don't like those. I've never liked those. I will never like those. I don't like taking away the ambiguity of Vito Corleone. I think he works much better as just a singular presence and a pastless uh character yeah and i don't i even after seeing the movie i don't see what the that those sequences do to make me understand him better like biographically sure i know that he came here and you know went to ellis island and he raised his kids in a uh apartment like a tiny apartment until he got an organized crime and he killed the other crime boss to take over it's like None of it is that, you know, earth shattering. Like, oh, now I understand. It's like, okay, that makes sense of how. Well, does that not parallel the power? I know. Does that not parallel Michael's uh, when he kills all the crime bosses? Yeah, no. That it's there. For Isn't the, that what the uh, baptism scene? <laughs> yes, it's there for the parallels no, it's to there part for the two. Parallel. It's there for the parallels to part two, and. Just speaking for me, I don't think it's really that necessary, and it doesn't it doesn't help me understand and appreciate this movie any more than I already do. It just makes the movie three hours and fifteen minutes when two and a half hours of Michael and Hyman Roth and Fredo is perfectly fine with me. That you know, and I I still don't understand the the viewpoint of oh well we need to know all this about Vito. It's like you don't. Everything is there in the first one. And it's and like I said, it's not like this threw any curveballs of well, well, I didn't expect that that would happen to him. It's like, oh no, he immigrated, he you know, has a moral compass, he was nice to people, which we you know, he didn't take advantage of people to take advantage of him, like we saw in Godfather One. He was um you know, a moral compass and that's why people trusted him and yada yada yada. I don't know. It's a hot take, but it's mine. It's a hot take, but it's mine. Yeah. Any other thoughts on Godfather 2? Um, no. When was the last time you saw Godfather it? Is Godfather 1 not on there? On what? The list? My on list? The movies you sent me? No, it is. Oh, I didn't see it. Yikes. So replace that. <laughs> oh, so Godfather. Godfather is 1 is my best one. I didn't... Is your number one? No, it's my best 
Godfather. Godfather movie. Okay. Okay. When was the last time you saw Godfather one it's and been two? A couple of years ago. You should watch them again. Maybe you will. Contrary to popular opinion, they're actually pretty good. <laughs> okay. So your number three is okay. So your number three is Godfather. Well, that's my one, number one. Yeah. So we can wait for a second. <laughs> Spoiler alert. What's your number two then? Oh no, what's my number two? Yeah. Okay, my number two is another mob movie. It is by one of my favorite directors who I'm just going to be obsessed with this year. I'm going to try to get his through his entire filmography. Um, so as not so not to spoil a future conversation, I'll try to be brief here, that my number two is Departed. Oh, for your uh, family picture? Yeah, DiCaprio and Damon and Nicholson. I mean, this, this was probably my first... The first time I saw a movie and I was like, wow, that's my favorite movie. And I saw it 30 minutes into the movie on TNT. So there's no swear words. And they were just replacing <laughs> it with like, instead of fuck stick, they're like, you rubber chicken or something like that. It was ridiculous. It was hysterical. That's very cringy. Very cringy. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a nice long Scorsese movie with mob and, you know, all that fun stuff. And I just think it's a blast and, and it's his first, one of his first movies with like a plot. I think he even said this part is my first movie with a plot and it's kind of true because he's a story guy. He's always been a story guy where this one, it's every scene leads into the next of moving the narrative and moving the story ahead, which is refreshing to see. And, you know, he does a really great job at making a movie with a plot. So, um, I'm a huge fan of it. Definitely do for a rewatch. Looking forward to revisiting it. Yeah, I should watch that movie again too. I rewatched Goodfellas a little while ago, and I already kind of want to watch that again. God, so I love just, that movie. I've started to really come around on Goodfellas. He was a wise guy. Yeah, Tommy and oh god, Casino also very not as good as Goodfellas, but it's nice and long and it's Pesci slower, and yeah. De Niro and oh, it's beautiful. Uh, what's your number two? My number two is a movie. Uh, mean to death on here talked about quite a bit is uh amadeus uh my sick day movie yes i love it yes tom holst i have oh so good f so murray good. abraham is that his name why do you want to f murray abraham <laughs> yeah, got him yes f murray he's good great guy. everybody in this movie is great where'd tom holst go he got fat really oh, that's yeah too bad. Like, with a performance as magnetic as that, like, he jumps off the screen, and, like, when I saw it, I was like, oh, well, why haven't, have I just missed all of his good movies? And I look it up, I was like, oh, no, he missed them. You've seen his one good movie. <laughs> He's missed all of his good movies. It sucks. <laughs> He's a one-hit wonder. He really is. He's so good in that movie. Doesn't, it doesn't get lost underneath the trappings of, like, telling a composer story. There's a lot... It's multifaceted. Very narratively fun. When was the last time you've seen that movie? I saw it the once. I think for movie homework. You should do yours. And, <laughs> um... That's it so far. You should watch it again, because I just want to remind you of the scene near the end of the movie where Mozart is writing the Requiem that's essentially for himself, and he's working it, or he's working at it with uh, Eminem, like the Venom from the Venom soundtrack. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. He's working on it with uh, Salieri. Yeah. 
it's just a good scene. You know what scene I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know. That's a good scene. Look that up. Look that up on YouTube. I feel like there's a, I feel like there's a way that I don't, I don't, you know, think anyone should do this or anything, but it'd be kind of fun to see a re-edited version of this with like a, not cutting some scenes out and making it kind of match his, like Mozart's character's intensity, you know, something like, uh, like a favorite sort of edit where it's a little bit more quirky and the edits are quicker and there's more of like music stings leading in other scenes and stuff like that. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? Just like, I guess so. I think you should make it. (laughs) No, I'm not an editor. I'm a stupid person. I don't edit. Um, but I don't know. I think that'd be a fun idea to do. Play with. Uh, all right. So your number one is. What about yours? Oh, you, yours is Godfather. Yeah. Um, my number one is Lord of the Rings essentially as a uh, series. Got it. Because that's fair. Um, I mean, I've talked about this enough, and I'm not in the mood to hear you shit on it. I'm not going to shit on it. I have legitimate problems with The Lord of the Rings. There's nothing wrong with it. I don't like how they use Sauron. What do you mean how they use Sauron? They use it like he was in the book. I don't like that. What do you mean? I, I don't like that he's just this... You don't really get a feeling of how dangerous he is, I don't think. Hmm. I disagree. I'm scared of him. He's just like, isn't he just, he's just an eye though. He's a guy. Kinda. They show him at the beginning of the movie. And then that's it. I want to know a little bit more about him. Read the Similarian. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't want to. Papa, no. (laughs) Papa, no. No, I'm not going to do that. Thank you. Next. No. Good movies. Good movies. I like I, I like the first one the most. Do you like Return of the King the most? I like um, Two Towers the most. Mm. I used to like Two Towers, but then when I rewatched them, that's when I started getting really confused. So now I like Fellowship the more most. Most oh, so of your bad. Yeah. It's just there's a lot of movie in, in those movies. An overabundance of movie in those movies. I I would say. Sad, honestly. Honestly, sad. My number one is The Godfather. Yep. I love The Godfather. I know that's an op- original opinion and all that, but it's just. Yeah, my, most people don't. Yeah, it's, most people are st- dumb boys. You don't like Godfather, but uh, it's superbly well written. The cinematography is just to die for. Uh, the baptism scene. I mean, come on, that's one of the love best it. endings, possibly. I don't know where it was in my best movie endings list that we, that we did, but it probably should be either higher if it's on it or on it if it's not, because that baptism One. is just amazing. I forget everything about that list, by the way. I don't think you were on it. I was. Oh. Um, Shutter Island. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I remember. Um. Oh, sorry. <laughs> But I love uh, The Godfather. Big fan. Yeah. Listen, that's a that's a very white male opinion to have. <laughs> that's a s- scum. brave opinion to have. Thank you. Uh, but I'm definitely, in spite of this list, I definitely want to. It's you know maybe next year's project is to watch a lot of the best pictures because this year I'm trying to burn through some classics that I haven't seen. So next year, maybe I'll try to be brave and. Watch you should do that. All the best do you pictures. ever? Um, 
do the Regal thing, that Regal marathon that they have? No, just because the crops of movies aren't usually good enough that I want want to sit through all of them again. And I've already seen Stars Born Again, and Black Klansman is the only one I would really be like, oh man, I want to see Black Klansman in the theater again. But so well, I haven't like seen most of them though. Like I haven't seen Roma or well, they're not showing Roma because Netflix won't let them. Oh, that's dirty. Cool. Yeah. Good job, Netflix. I'm gonna go Netflix. Um, I haven't seen Cold War. I really want to see that one. Yeah, I've I've got I've got a screener of that, so I'm gonna be watching that fairly soon. You can tell us how it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. What else is there? Oh my god, this is. I'm not gonna lie, this is not a very good year for best picture movies. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say it. I'm going to mean it. I mean, Vice definitely brings it down. Not for me, but for everybody else. It's it's a very <laughs> polarizing movie. And yeah, it's hard when propaganda is going to win an award. It's not propaganda um, if it's most it's, we, if it's We had this discussion already, and I'm not going to get into it again. What's it like being wrong? Because I'm not, but... Okay. Listen, apparently this isn't the place we're arguing anymore. Got it. So... Good to know. Um... Yeah, I def, def, like I said, definitely want to watch more Best Pictures. I want this to be more... I don't know if I'm going to get to 91 anytime soon, but I'm certainly going to try. Maybe I'll start from the very beginning and work my way up of things I haven't seen. That'd be fun, don't you think? Yeah. 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 Cool. Watching you should, you should watch all of the movies from that year. Uh, All the nominated ones. No. And then pick Steve. Good God, no. That's too much. I don't have that kind of time. I'll try, but like. You could do it like once a month. You could get through it in like. A day? Just do it. Eight years. It's 1938 today. <laughs> Let's do this. Gotta watch How Green Is My Valley and then Citizen Kane back to back. Woohoo. <laughs> Citizen Kane. Ugh. Good movie. It's a great movie. Good movie. What? Good movie. Great it's, movie? It's great. It's perfect. Um, alright, watch what you can listen to. I watched a bunch of movies. Nice, so did I. Mostly because we haven't recorded in like a week and a half. Let's see, let me pull my letterboxed. Um, let's see, last night, I watched about half of Inherent Vice. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, it's an, it's an odd one. I don't know how it is. I never finished it. it. Um, but night before that, I rewatched Stand By Me and John Wick. Stand By Me is a great movie. I don't know when the last time you saw that was, but uh, it's been a while. It's here in the nostalgia. I like it a lot. Um, then I saw Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Mm. Ooh, that was a weird one. <laughs> Well, you don't like any Hunter S. Thompson in your life? I don't need any more, I guess. Okay. He only wrote that. Do you know that? He's not the director on that movie. I know. But he's, you know, it's about him, isn't it? I don't know. I didn't do any research, dude. Okay, gotcha. I was just along for the ride. Aren't we all? Um, And then I saw Cold Pursuit. Mm. Or Cold Taken. <laughs> And that was weird. It, it was, was, but it was good, wasn't it? Pretty good, yeah. It was the best Taken since Taken. 
Oof. Um, Big words. I thought it was, it had a really interesting story with all the Native Americans and that one, the villain was really cool in it. I liked him a lot. It was really funny. It was dark. It was weird, dark humor. Like, it was just an odd, odd picture. But I liked it. I liked the way that it listed all of the kills. You know? Yeah. But it was good. Good. What did you think of it? I liked it a lot. I thought it was really um, interesting to watch. It was unique. It had a fun personality. It reminded me a little bit of, like, a, I don't know, Tarantino mixed with Yorgos. Um, And I I, I, I definitely dug it. That's it for me. Okay. Uh, let's see. I I don't know if I mentioned this last time. I don't think I did, but I watched Coraline for the first time and like a movie in preparation yeah, for Missing Link, which is coming out, and I adored it, just like I I do with all stop motion animated movies. I'm sure Who made if I that took, movie. Uh, I don't know the director's name, but it's a Leica production, so um, I don't know what that means. They did Kubo. They're like the stop motion studio. Oh, okay. Um, but I think if you if you took the totality of and just like aggregated my ratings for every genre, I guess uh, stop, stop motion, motion your favorite probably ranks the highest. Um, now that I think about, it, I just I can't think of a stop motion movie I don't like or at least like to watch and just to Anomalies. See yeah, Anomalies is great. Um, I love, I love, I love Anomalies for the exact opposite reason. I love Coraline and Kubo, and that it so underuses the animation style, and it's so drab just tell, and mundane. Just telling the story, yeah, yeah. It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be stop motion. I mean, it's just a guy in a hotel here for most of the time, but it just, it, you're underusing that art form, makes it impressive almost. It's. I, I love Anomalisa. Fucking love that movie. I like it too. I really I like the way. Again. I liked um how everybody had the same voice except for him and the girl. Yeah. And I know that was like the point of the movie. Yeah. yeah. I just liked it. it. Made me smile. Uh, another Netflix movie that came out, a Soderbergh joint called High Flying Bird. Didn't like this one as much as I thought it would. It's sort of, it's kind of a thriller, not really a thriller, it's sort of a, it's a drama about the NBA lockout, uh, in this fictional kind of NBA universe, um, and how an agent manages to end it for the most part. Um, I thought it was, you know, it, it's a fun watch, just, you know, the fact that he shot all that on an iPhone is impressive, but I, I think he's m- more interested in that aspect of the filmmaking than making it actually visually appealing. Like a decent movie? Yeah. It's a decent movie, but it just... I don't know. I'm left to wonder what it would look like if it wasn't shot on an iPhone. And I don't know. I Kind of a disappointment for me. Sad. A disappointment in a different way, but also kind of a pleasant surprise, was Lego Movie 2. Ooh, don't talk too much about that. I'm going to go see it. Okay. You say it was a disappointment... Not really, because I didn't like Lego Movie 1 that much. thought it was okay. Oh. So it, I'm sort of disappointed in the sense that I thought you after... You like it better? Yeah, because sequels are usually my... I usually prefer sequels to the first movie, just because you don't have to set any, anything up anymore. You can build on your story. So, mm-hmm. you know, 
this didn't this kind of did but didn't in a very satisfying way for me but whatever i also i rewatched a couple things but i want to mention american hustle because i love that movie it's <sighs> it's diet scorsese but it's still pretty good and you guys are i don't understand why you guys don't like it because it's boring it's really good though but it's really boring. What about it's boring? It's like the whole thing. I don't remember any of it. That's how boring it was. Rewatch it, man. I'm not gonna do that. I also saw Real Scorsese, Mean Streets, his first collaboration, I think, with De Niro. Oh, I liked the old New York aspect of it, but not much else. Overall, I thought it was kind of okay. It didn't really. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Harvey Keitel. As like a, he's like 30, I think, in this movie, and there's just something, he's, there's something about him in this. Just the way he moves and the way he looks at, at that age is just, you can't take your eyes off of him. And. Yeah. It's not really, he's not that handsome, it's just, there's something about how his face was at that age. It was like the perfect time for Harvey Keitel's face, where he was, he kept, you know, his kind of boyishness, but he also kind of had, its face filled out a little bit. Harvey yeah. Keitel is um, Mr. Wolf from Pulp Fiction, right? Yeah. Okay. So this is like 20 years before that, and you know, there's he had just had this sweet spot where he just looked, you know, the best. I think. Uh huh. Or at least the most intimidating. Um, and then I saw Alita: Battle Angel a couple of days ago. I'll, maybe Josh and I'll talk about it a little bit whenever. When he returns from his weekend sentence, but um, I'll, I don't think it'll come as much of a surprise to anyone that I didn't like it. I think it's kind of ugly, and the story is just a mess, and the performances are, uh, yikes. <laughs> and I just don't, I don't subscribe to this level of filmmaking. I think it's just stupid and not really that. I don't. I I've seen a lot of people who's opinions i frequently you know look to to kind of feel how the what the consensus is feeling and you know how the movie's sitting with people in the artsy part of it or the blockbuster part of it or the more casual part of movie fans and this one just doesn't make any sense to me but overall letterbox it's at a 3.3 and i think i got a five and i just don't know how it's that high don't know if I missed something or if you just people like this for some reason. I don't hmm. know. I don't know, Cody. I don't know if I'm going to see it yet. <sighs> yeah, I would say you you probably don't need to. If you're what, what are you looking to see? What are you looking to get from this movie? I don't know. I'm not looking to see. I don't want to watch anime. Are you looking for, like, an engaging story? Usually. Okay. Are you looking for something that, like, you haven't... Like, something that's going to catch Decent you by surprise? Action. Uh, okay performance. Uh, followable story. You'll get that. It's followable to a near-fatal degree. Because it's so simple. So, there's one cool thing about it, which I'll... I really liked how they used the villain, the main villain. That was that was clever. That was fun. But everything else I just thought was either awkward, bad, or something I've seen a million times before. So 
I'll leave it at that just in case we get to it a little bit later. But um, that will just about do it for hmm. us. Cody, what say you? I call this meeting of the Real Flicks Podcast Minus One to a close. <clears throat> Point of order, Congressman. <clears throat> Until next time, you can follow us at underscore Real Flicks on the Twitter. Send us an email at realflixpodcast at gmail.com and leave a five-star iTunes review. Greatly appreciated. And we hopefully didn't make fun of you from too much, Jake from Ohio. But, you know, that's kind of our bet, so... Just tell us what you want us to do. Kissy eyes, baby. Uh, until next time, Cody, take it easy. Goodbye.